Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. The art of coaching. This is something that a lot of coaches, trainers, nutritionists, nutrition coaches, dietitians, so on and so forth, do not talk about. I would argue that the art of coaching, how you are coaching, how you are delivering your service is just as important as the scientific strategies that you are implementing within your programming or nutrition plans. Um, and this is something I'm extremely passionate about, which I think you're going to hear in this podcast. It was an amazing conversation. We actually pulled some questions from a newsletter I wrote where people asked their specific questions regarding something inside of the art of coaching. But we start by defining what the art of coaching is and explaining to you what that means to me, how I integrate that into my services, and then we expand in these questions. Um, I think you're going to like this a lot, whether you are a coach or not. It's going to teach you a ton about um, really. I, w- I would even say like the art of coaching alone, it would teach you a lot about the art of personal development um, and accountability and communication and all these different things. So you guys are going to love this podcast. Real quick shout outs before we jump into it. The first one being Top Notch Nutrition. These are our sponsors of the podcast. I love them to death. If you want to check out some supplements and get 10 to 15% off on your order, click the link in the descriptions or head over to topnotchnutrition.com slash Boom, boom. Last but not least, guys, head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review, and take a screenshot of this episode, post it on your Instagram story, and tag myself at Cody.BoomBoom so I can thank you for listening, and I can share it on my story too. Without any further ado, let's get into the discussion about the art of coaching. Product placement. Product placement. Top, Ooh. top, 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 top. We'll just set this right here in front of the camera. Use Boom Boom Code. Ah, Got to take my nootropic. Shout out to Top Notch Nutrition. Go to topnotchnutrition.com slash, I think it's slash discounts slash Boom Boom. Okay. But the link is in the show notes of this podcast. So. All right. And so. you guys should be taking vitamin D. I don't know if anybody listening to this likes Rhonda Patrick, which I'm sure a bunch of people do and listen to the Joe Rogan podcast with her recently. She talked a bunch about vitamin D and its importance for immune strength, which we knew, but it was nice to have a doctor on a platform like that, you know, talk share, about it. Yeah. Spreading the message. So I've been pushing a lot of clients to take the vitamin D from top notch just because we know it's quality, but in general, just taking enough, I'm taking 10,000 IUs daily. It's fucking right. Wow. Now. Yeah. Um, I'm getting vitamin D right now. Yep. <laughs> Speak of the devil. Speak of the devil. But, um, yeah, like 5,000 is like the higher end of what you're supposed to take. Mm-hmm. 10,000 is like the maximum, which is still not dangerous, but it's like, during a, during a time when your immune system could be potentially compromised, it's smart. There's, I mean, there's other things that it helps for too. It's, a, it's technically a hormone. It gets converted into a steroid hormone in your body, so it helps with testosterone and things like that too. But um, for immune strength, it's obviously pretty important. And right now, pretty damn good time to take care of your immune system. Yeah. Uh, what file did you send me? Uh, I texted you a doc. Yeah. It, I don't have permission. Oh. I don't know how to 
I just said request access. Oh, there you go. What's the doc called? Uh, Art of Coaching. Imagine that. Imagine that. All request access again. You your request is ac for access has been sent. Everything's going to my junk folder lately. Unfortunate. Yeah. Even my own goddamn. My own newsletters are going to my junk. Yeah, I don't see it. Andrea Rogers? This one? Yep. Cool. I, uh. Do you ever click, like, edit, mark all, and then say, like, mark all is red and stuff like that? Like if you have a ton of emails and you're – so like my non-work email, I'll get a bunch of spam in there and I'll just click like you can go edit and then you can select all. Mark is red. So I'll do that so I don't have to like sit there and like read them. But I actually clicked mark all as spam Ouch. Or, or junk. So now everything. Have you ever tried to mark all unspam? No, I haven't. But if I do that in my spam, then all the things that I do want to be spam are also going to be marked as not spam. Yeah. It's a pretty bad predicament. Yeah. I'm in a pickle. <laughs> probably a lot of emails in there. Yeah, there is. All right. So um, Cody wrote a uh, newsletter on Monday, which will probably be a week a week and a couple days ago mm -hmm. um, about the art of coaching. He, you put at the end of the uh, newsletter, if anybody had any questions about it, that we we're going to do a podcast and you can explain more on it. And this is the time. Yep. So cool. And we got uh, quite a few questions that uh, looks like people are interested on in learning more about it. So let's get right into it. We uh, the first question that somebody asked was from Andrea Rogers. It says, "What do you, what do you do about clients losing interest and missing check-ins or not filling out their track tracker?" You know, I think this one. So like, let's let's take a step back first too because. Like we, we got to, is that super loud? Yeah, there you go. Um, we need to d first define, you know, what is the art of coaching? Yeah. One of these is mine. Um, and because uh, I think that like f first understanding that allows you to almost like, it almost takes care of the answer to this question, right? So, and I think the art of coaching is different for everybody, but I, I, I think the biggest principle to take away from it is that it's an art. Like mm -hmm. it's not just science. And I think that's the or problem. Or skill. Or yeah, exactly. And, and it's something that you actually have to build over time. Um, even like a, it's, it's funny because like if you think of like a, a bench press, mm -hmm. like technically if you look at the mechanics of a bench press, it is a skill. You can't just focus on reps and volume and load and expect to enhance that movement, that, that bench press. You have to learn the mechanics and practice the skill of going through repetitions of the bench press. Um, and the same thing is with coaching. Like there's a lot of research. There's a lot of science. Like right now the evidence-based movement is, is pretty big and it's, and I, I would say I'm part of that because I use research and in, in science to do what we do. But if you just look at research and you only think about what science says, it's hard to practically apply that to people. And I think art of coaching is, is the creative side. It's a, it's kind of like the creative bridge from, science to application there like that's go. a really good way to explain it because you know if you look at a lot of research studies a lot of them are done on 
untrained individuals, so sedentary individuals, elderly individuals. So you can get a study about a sedentary 70-year-old who never trains. How is that going to be applicable to me? It's not. It's applicable to 70-year-old sedentary individuals who don't train. Um, Now, there's certain things that we can extrapolate from those research studies that show like, okay, well, it might not be as far on this end, but here's the principle it's given us and we can apply that. Like that makes sense. And there is a lot of that and that's why I use science. But taking it with a grain of salt is the big key there because not everything applies, right? Even there there was a lot of – like the whole insulin hypothesis has kind of been debunked. I'm not going to dive into that because that's a rabbit hole, but – um, there was a ton of research showing like the importance of insulin for fat loss. But if you look at the research, they're all like extremely obese individuals. Yeah. So the, the likelihood of them having insulin resistance is obviously there, which is completely different because somebody like myself doesn't really need to even worry about insulin because yeah. I'm lean. My insulin's great. There's, and I'm not diabetic, nothing. So there's no point in me worrying about that. If you are diabetic or if you're obese, then you can have that conversation. But people take this like thought process of insulin being important and they start pushing all these low carb diets, intermittent fasting, fasted training, um, so on and so forth, these certain supplements. And it's getting people to believe that they're like a magic tool. And it's like probably not even helpful, maybe like a quarter of a percent, like it's not going to do anything. Um, again, that's another rabbit hole. But the point being is like, if we, if we just look at science, it doesn't really give us everything we need to create success in an individual over time, right? Practical application is a big key. And I think art of coaching is that bridge. So art of the co- art of coaching to me is education, connection, and communication. Yep. And accountability, I would say. Because you can be great with program design. And I, there's an art to program design too. Like I think, you know, a lot of people, I had a question really recently on, on Instagram that was like, they were really trying to learn how to program and they wanted to learn like how I program, what my thought processes are when I program. And I was like, look, like I can tell you the principles of what science tells us with volume, intensity, frequency, movement patterns, uh, push, pull, hip, knee, core, things like that. But my style of programming is different than anybody else's because it's my style. It comes from years of studying other coaches and working through other programs and learning philosophies and then kind of molding them together into my own. Just like the next coach you go to who has a lot of experience is going to have their own style of, of programming. Different. Neither of us are right or wrong. It's just yeah. this is how I do it. And people who like my style are going to stick with me. Um, so I told them, like, you need to study a bunch of people and then find your own style. Because that's really – that's the art. Yeah. <laughs> that's the art of coaching, art of programming. Um, inside of nutrition, it's the same thing. Like, you can just continually drop calories or adjust macros downward to enhance the deficit. But – that's that's really just like looking at it from a one-dimensional thing. Like there's a million ways to skin a cat and, and dieting is, a, is like a multi-dimensional thing and you need to be able to know when to kind of poke and prod or pull because for some people like, again, another question I get is how long should I, we actually just had this, how long should I wait before adjusting my diet, right? Like I'm in a deficit and I'm losing but I, I stalled. How long should I wait before I adjust my macros again? And it's like, well. Stalled as in plateaued. Exactly. Okay. Like, when should I tweak my macros? It's like, well, for some clients, I wait a week and I'm tweaking. Some clients, it's two. Some clients, it's three. I've had clients where we don't make progress for six weeks. And I'm like, you're not, it's not ready. You're not, it's not time because your ducks aren't in a row elsewhere. Or there's a reason why this isn't working. It has nothing to do with calories. Or again, I'm going to help manipulate other aspects to make those calories that you're consuming more effective. And that's the art of coaching, right? Very one dimensional, low thought process, low empathetic coaching would be, all right, you stalled, let's drop calories. 
right? Without looking into the food quality, without looking into sleep or stress or training or cardio or neat or like all the other aspects that can influence meal timing, that can influence the calories you're consuming, right? That's the art of coaching. So I think, again, coming back to the definition of it, I think the art of coaching is it's education, empathy, communication, and connection. I think if, if I had to boil into, into multiple things, it's educating the individual to make sure that they understand what they're doing because that's what builds buy-in. So part of the art of coaching is it's the art of buy-in. If, and buy-in doesn't mean like, oh, I'm going to get the sale. Buy-in means that you believe me. Yeah. You trust my process and what I'm going to give you. If you trust my process, you are going to see better results because it's easier for you to stick to. It's easier for you to follow through with it and, and take action on it. Um, so that's a huge one. Uh, empathy is is understanding where you are at. I've been there. I get it. I've worked with many people that have been there. I know exactly what you are feeling. So I am going to use the science that I know and the experiences I've had to make the adjustments that you need yeah. versus just science without any empathy. doesn't make sense. Um, communication is next. Communication is it's extremely important because if you're not constantly talking to your clients, if you're not kind of uh, in depth with your conversation – um, and if I had to add a fifth thing of art of coaching, I would write depth. But I think that goes with communication and, and connection is the, the depth of your communication provides that buy-in, provides that trust, provides that accountability. Um, it provides support so they know you're there. Um, it provides authenticity, transparency, and realness so they know that you're not full of shit, you're raw. Uh, I think that's super, super important. And the last thing is connection. Like if you can't connect with your clients on a deeper level, that's the biggest thing you need to focus on. So yeah. reading motivational interviewing, reading crucial conversations, reading uh, the five love languages, reading all those different books that talk about how do I connect with another individual and meet them where they're at? Because everybody translates things different. This is actually something that's been really fascinating to me lately. You and I can look at the same situation and translate it completely differently, right? Like Andrea said this Absolutely. to me the other day. He was <laughs> like, I could tell you both to write a house or draw a house. And you might draw me a house with a picket fence, with a yard, with a dog. You're drinking coffee on the porch. Like, it's all detailed. And Shannon might draw me, like, just a box with a triangle on top. They're both houses. You just interpreted it differently. I was like, hmm. And we kind of dove into this conversation about everybody's interpretations of life, of meaning, of purpose, of excitement, of goals, of outcomes, of what it means to be blank, good, happy, a man, success, whatever – it's different. Everybody's definition is different too. hundred percent. So everybody's response to different situations and yeah. different communications is different. So if I don't study how people are interpreting things in life, how then you understand them, how will I understand them? And how will I know how to give them information? Yeah. Because I, I can come or into a conversation now and I go, I know exactly how you're going to interpret this. So I'm not going to say it that way. I need to, to reword this, right? If I'm just black Before and white, you with, even word it in the first place. hundred percent. Yeah. So if I just write everything black and white with the same, like my own bias of how I interpret things, communication is going to be poor. Yeah. You know what I mean? We've even experienced that Absolutely. with just like projects that we've worked on yeah. uh, being in business together. So um, I think that last piece of connection is, is super important. So education, empathy, connection and communication. And then with all those, I think depth, if you're, ha- if you're doing them just to check off the box, like, I don't think it's enough. Like, yeah. I think you need depth. Um, but well, one, one thing like, Go ahead. You're relating that de- when you say just checking out the box. I, the first thing that comes on my mind is passion. Because if you're just checking mm. off the box, just to check out the box, then you're not doing it because you have a passion for it. You're just doing it for hell. I guess, like you've said a million times, I don't know why you're doing it because you're not doing it for the money. But um, 
when you say depth because of that checkbox comment, I think you also mean passion because yeah. you, you have to do it for that because that's a huge aspect of it. Well, I think I did that. That uh, actually, I did a podcast on this. It was like the what makes great coaches great, mm-hmm. and it was like five E's, and yeah. one of them was enthusiasm, and I think that kind of translates into Absolutely. that passion, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's just important, man. Like one thing that like really stood out to me with Brandon, who's who's one of our newer coaches. Um, when when a, co- when a coach, yeah, Brandon Whitehead. When when a coach starts, we we I kind of oversee things just mm-hmm. to make sure you know everything's going well. Um, How do you not oversee things? Uh, once they get to a point where I mean, imagine if I had to well, over, I guess my, overview. I guess my interpretation and definition right now is different for overseeing because I'm not saying you're like. Checking in on if he's doing something okay every single day. That's but what I'm the, saying. But so at the end of the day, you are overseeing. I'm always overseeing yeah, everything, yeah. yeah. And we're having constant commu- – I, mean, I talk to all the coaches every day, um, and I'm helping them through troubleshoots. But I don't review every email they yeah. send a client. Yep. Um, at first, the process I do otherwise would be fucking reading thousands of emails. Yeah. That's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but he – I was, like, reviewing his – and I, the amount of depth that guy puts into his conversations – is insane. Good. Somebody asked him a question about, I think it was zinc, the, the nutrient zinc. <laughs> this dude gave her like literally like a textbook lesson, like the most in-depth answer you could possibly give. He wrote but it. He wrote it out. And he explained <laughs> it, when to take it, how to take it, what, like here's some places Why? to look, like best brand. Like it was just so much information just on a question like, hey, is zinc something I should be considering? Well, let me tell you. And and like some people were like, well, that's overkill. And it's like, well, it's not because now that person will never in their life have a question about zinc ever again. They won't. Absolutely. And they know exactly where to go if they have another question about another vitamin. Yeah. And they they feel that education from them. Even if they're like, okay, well, I'm not going to take it. So I'm not going to read this right now because that's a lot. I'm just going to start and like kind of start this email. And when I'm ready, I'll pull it back up. Yeah. And they have this like library, a vault of information, whereas most coaches will give quick answers like, nah, you don't need to take it. Oh, okay. Thanks. And I'm still wondering, should I take it? Like, why, yeah. like, why is he having anything against it? Yeah. Um, elaborate. So, <laughs> elaborate. Yeah. So like, that's huge. And I think that, I mean, that comes with depth, right? Yeah. That's that depth. Absolutely. Um, so shout out to Brandon cause he's fucking crushing it right now. That's awesome. Yeah. He's doing really well. One thing I wanted to say, it was back in the beginning of that conversation, you were still talking about make your own style, make your own form and new coaches or whether you're new coach or not, but, um, you go go study people, go study uh, material, mm-hmm. and then form your own style. So, I, I mean, I know you've done um, seminars on the generic form of programming yeah. and stuff. But those – and if I, I might be wrong, but I believe that's the one you did with Lauren Conlin. Yep. Yeah. And uh, – but even those, you just – you explain what, what to study, how to study it, what you studied, mm-hmm. but not – how you type on the keyboard when you program, like yeah. what you exactly do. You you explain what you went out and did to be able to form your own style, to be able to co- pr- uh, to be able to program the way you do program. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's like it, I could boil it down to like a few things. Like you need to you need to be aware of volume and intensity because that's how hard you're going and how much you're doing. You you need that. That determines there's baselines. Your stress. Yeah. There's baselines. There's yep. principles. Principles. Um, I believe in sequencing. So. There's an order of operations inside of your programming. There should be a reason why this follows this. You shouldn't be just doing random things. And I think that that exercise sequencing carries on into the week because this a lot of people don't think about. They think about isolated workouts. How is today going to affect tomorrow? 
right? Like everything I do today is in sync with what I do tomorrow and the next day. And, and when I and come back program, to that first workout and the program next week, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is progression. Like yeah. I, I don't like using the word progressive overload lately because if I say progressive overload, people are like, Oh, I got to add weight to the bar. And it's like, well, no, I mean, you can progress in so many ways. Like oh, I don't yeah. want you to always think you need to add weight to the bar or even add reps. Like you can add a pause. You can control your technique better. If you were feel like you're progressing or making it more challenging and you were getting better at it, that's progressive overload. But Outside of those, like those, those give you the principles like, hey, you need to be aware of this. And I would add movement patterns too: push, pull, hip hinge, uh, squat slash lunge, and then some kind of brace. Some people will say carry like a farmer's carry, but I believe you can replace that with um, really anything for your core. Anti-rotation, uh, like anti-extension, doing like a plank, or you can do anti-lateral rotation, like a single arm carry. Regardless, you're basically, it's, it's bracing your core and resisting movement, right? Yeah. But push, pull, hip, knee, core is essentially what that boils down to. But if we if we look outside of that, that doesn't give you – like I could tell you that yeah. and, and go, okay, go write some programs. And you're yeah. like, what? Uh, I don't know yeah. no, <laughs> what I... to put on the paper. So I think that that's where it's like, okay, like I understand these things. Here's my week. Here's how much this person can train. Here's their current injuries or past injuries. Here's what I'm going to put on paper. And then I look at it and I'm like, okay. How is that going to affect this? How should I move this? How, how should I do this, this? Like one thing I didn't think about like when I first started was posture. I would just do things towards muscle groups. And somebody had to tell me like, hey, how is this going to encourage or worsen good posture? Like is it going to make their posture worse or better? And I had to look at it and think. And I saw that I had a ton of flexion-based movements. So a ton of squatting, a ton of curls and presses and anything that would round my shoulders and I had nothing that would retract my shoulders like very little that would pull me back is why the whole push pull ratio yeah. should be at what it is um, very little extension so I wasn't working the glutes and the hip flexors enough or I mean sorry glutes and hamstrings enough but I was working the quads and the hip flexors a ton um, because typically when people come to you like oh I want bigger quads I want bigger chest I want bigger arms you know like women will say I want a bigger butt so they're like it's easier to program this for them but for guys like we look at the front of our body and we're like all right here's what I want to see more of and they never think like, I want a bigger back, right? I want bigger hamstrings. Um, I do now, but, um, but that was a big thing. Cause I'm like, well, fuck, you're right. Everybody I work with is at desk jobs, right? And they're, they're hunched over and they drive to work in traffic and then they type on their computer and then they usually leave the gym and they're like, I don't know what to do. So I'm going to do some sit-ups and I'm going to do some bike <laughs> and then I'm going to drive home and then I'm going to watch TV. Yeah. It's literally like all day. They're just fucking rounding and rounding and round. That's why we see like people with this hunched. like hunched over posture um but that was like a aspect of the art of programming like i didn't even think about it. i'm just thinking volume and muscles right i wasn't thinking movement patterns and posture and alignment and joint health and things like that so um there's a ton to it but like i think uh i think we can, we should probably get into the questions now and i forget the first one so you're gonna have to rewrite yeah, that one i just think at the end of the day like like you said you can give anybody especially new coaches all these principles all these baselines and everything but there's so many variations and so many ways to manipulate those mm -hmm. correct principles that's where your own style comes in yeah because say here's the principles there's so many combinations and so many variations to do it correctly for each individual that you have to do it your own way like yeah that's just so many combinations yeah 100 percent. all right Cool. I guess we can get into the questions. Again, first one is from Andrea Rogers. What do you do about clients losing interest and missing check-ins or not filling out their tracker? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, there's a few things that come to mind. Like, 
one, I mean, the first thing you have to always check is like, what's your system like, right? Mm -hmm. So um, if you're like, and this is again, like to keep it in the realms of art of coaching, yeah. part of, of being a great coach and understanding that art means that you're not just saying like, oh, okay, so like I need to assess data every week. Yeah, of course you do. How are you assessing that data? How are you getting them to assess that data and give you that data? That's where the art of coaching comes into play. Um, so yes, you have the first step down, like you need to assess data, but now you have to look at like, what's your system like? Is your system easy for them to follow? There you go. Obviously it's not, because they're not doing it. Um, if it's not, then make it easier. Figure out a way that you have reminders, you have accountability, you have an easier form to fill out, like they can do it on their phone, they do it on a day that works better for them. Like figure out a way that's going to optimize their ability and make it easier to fill out that form. Um, systems are so unbelievably important for coaching. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why our, our team is so powerful and is growing is because our systems are flawless and we're able to grow and get our clients to grow because our systems mm -hmm. are really well put together. Um, and that's one thing that I think I took too long to develop. Like if I could go back, it would be trying to figure out those systems better. Um, but let's say that your system's great. Everybody else is on point, but this person just doesn't want to. I would first have a conversation about why are they even doing it? Like, I think, I think coaches are really afraid to have this conversation because they're afraid of losing a client. They lose a client, they lose money, they get stressed out. Yeah. Um, and I've been there. I get that. I, I'm at a place now, and, and I had to find this place before I was uh, financially secure enough to say, like, it's not going to, you know, break the bank if, if I lose a client. Like, it's fine. Um, I had to shift before I got to that place. And I think because I shift, I got to that place. Um, and what I mean by that is like, I put the client first, like, Hey, wh why are you doing this? Why are you paying me to not follow the protocols? And it's like, well, fuck. And then the first response is like, they're going to fire me. <laughs> right. But it's like, honestly, like I want you to get the best results possible. You're not, but not because the plan isn't good. It's because you're not, you're not following it. Like, so what, what's stopping you? Why are you wasting money? Like, why are you wasting time? Why are you wasting energy? Why are you wasting the thought process of feeling like a failure? Because you're not doing it. Yeah. Period. Are they, are they, I, I mean, I don't mean to like, I just first thought, so are they wasting energy? Because. Because they're not doing shit. They're not using energy. Absolutely. Because there's, they still have a coach bugging them. They still have it on their mind. I've never there met anybody go. that's there like, I've never had anybody say like that, that wasn't filling out and respond to me like this. Like, oh, honestly, I, I forgot for about you. Yeah. I forgot they are, <laughs> you're coaching me. Like that doesn't happen. True. They, yeah. they, you know, they see the, the money leaving their bank. So yeah. it is energy. Yep. And I think yep. that like, it's, it's one of those things where you have to be able to have those again, going back to crucial conversations, yeah. you got to be willing to have those conversations of like, what's your why? Like, what is the point of this? I had this conversation with a guy yesterday, literally saying, Hey, like we have two options. We either get our shit together and we crush this or we do we throw in the towel. Like there's nothing wrong with not going through a cut. You're not over overweight. You just want to get really lean and that's fine. But if it's not matching your lifestyle right now because we, we see this cyclical pattern of, of you falling off every week, like why would I keep encouraging you to stay in this place? Like that's not good for you mentally or physically. So in, in, in same thing, he, do, he wasn't like, man – screw you. I'm out of here. He was like, fuck, you're right. Let me think about this. I think this is what I need to do. And then like, we had a conversation of like, all right, here's the path. Here's what you actually want. And we go that route, you know? And sometimes that, that, that conversation either ignites people to be like, fuck, you're right. Let's get it. And they crush it. Or they're like, you're absolutely right. I don't need to do this right now. And I, and honestly, it doesn't match my lifestyle. I've, you know, I'm stressed. COVID-19 is going on. I got a lot of work stuff going on. I have a family. Like I just need to maintain and I'll come back to it. 
and, and I'm like, cool, I'll help you maintain or come back to me when you're ready. But I think people are afraid to lose clients by having difficult conversations. But that's, I think that's the big thing is like, you have to have a difficult conversation with this client of why aren't you following protocol? I've had that conversation with so many people that I don't really have anybody that doesn't fill out their check-in form anymore because like I literally now granted, like I, I have a somewhat, I have a really good list of clients. I will say like, I love all my clients, but I also think that I like, I kind of encourage that pattern, right? Like at the beginning, I'm very real, very authentic, very raw of like, here's my expectations. Tell me yours so I can meet your expectations. Um, This is what you need to do. And that's that. Like, can you agree to that? Can you confirm that with me? And it's like, yes, I can. Cool. Let's get after it. And then just yeah, making I mean, sure that. At the end of the day, verbal agreement is a lot different than doing it. But, 100%. But, but you preframe it. Yeah. A lot of people will just send you the form and be like, okay, I fill this out every week. It's like, okay. I have a conversation from the get-go. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. What's, what makes you think that you're going to stay consistent with it? Like, and make them realize too, like, hey, I'm going to hold you accountable every week. We're going to talk all the time. But it's still up to you. Like, you are doing the work. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not doing it for you. I'm not putting food in your mouth, literally. I'm not lifting the weights for you. Um, but I think having those real conversations is the key here. Like you have to ask this person, like, why, why aren't you filling it out? Why aren't you doing what you need to do? Do you really want this? Mm-hmm. Like what, what's the purpose of achieving this goal? And then in the most important thing, I think there to really get them to like, cause sometimes that conversation just goes over people's head. They're like, Oh, you know, I'm just busy. And they won't like open up. The best way to do that is to get them to like, and sometimes it helps for them to just write in their journal and then share it with you later, but like define how will you feel? How will you look at yourself? And what result or like where will you be if you achieve this result? So if you lose 20 pounds, what will you see when you look in the mirror? How will you feel when you look in the mirror? How will you feel about yourself every day with your confidence? What will you have if you're that? Like who will you become? And then the opposite side of this is if you don't, if you continually do not check in and you don't get any results for the next year, where will you be? How will you feel? How will you look at yourself in the mirror? And that association of like, I'm still in this fucked up place that I don't like and I have the potential to get here is enough contrast to usually make people shift because they're like, I don't want to waste another year and look in the mirror and fucking hate what I see. Period. Yeah. That's a deep conversation, but yeah. I think that's that's what I would have with this, this yeah. person. You can have that conversation in so many different aspects in life. 100%. Like, I want this. I want this. And I guess I've, I've been told myself and I've told myself this, but at the end of the day, do the work then mm-hmm. or I mean there's no magic pill there's no way around just fucking doing the work yeah I, uh, I've had this realization quite a bit with all the warriors shit I've been doing lately yeah. it's like they they talk about this impossible game all the time and like we all have an impossible game in our head and it's basically like what our mind tries to tell us is impossible but if you if you really like kind of analyze and, and define all the facts around this impossible game, impossible story, you realize that it's very possible. Yeah. You're just stopping yourself from getting there. So doing these drills of like finding the impossible game, defining the facts and seeing that like the potential I have and what I can create, who I can become and what I can do for my family, for my business, for my life is like, it's, it's so empowering. Cause you're like, Whoa, like I'm playing small. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Things are going to turn up. You know what I mean? It's, and it's really, really empowering. It's Even cool. I mean, I might be taking this way too far, but even like, say you have this huge goal, which AKA you think is impossible. You literally have, and maybe you have three or four goals that seem impossible, but you have to take one of them, work on it, but
but break it down to so small to be able to reach that top goal. Break it down so small and start working on that smallest point to where you make it yeah. possible. When I think that's the hardest part for people. Absolutely. It's like, okay, I want to get here. Yeah. Okay, well, before you get there, you need to get here. And before and you here. get there, you need to get there. And before you get there, you're going to have to get here. So let's Whoa. focus on getting here. In order to get here, you need to work on this, 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 and this, yeah. which won't directly give you what you want. But eventually yeah. it'll lead. And yeah. it's like, fuck, that's a lot of places to go. <laughs> so, so in my mind, that's impossible. Exactly. But it's not. It's impossible is the wrong word. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's – Undesirable. It, <laughs> it's – I mean, it, it's – maybe – I think doubtful would be – I think the idea of the impossible game makes sense. Like the theory is like it's so big that you doubt yourself from getting there. Yeah. So how do you make that possible? And it's it's really just understanding your potential. Like yeah. I think that's the biggest thing like again yeah. that I've realized in the last like really just like a couple months of diving into this shit has been like what is my actual potential? Not only for like, okay, like, like what can we grow into as tailored coaching method but – what like what's the potential of what I could teach people through my Instagram? What's the potential of this podcast? What's the potential of my marriage? What's the potential of my relationship with my daughter? What's the potential of my physical fitness? Like you start really going into every single little category, my family, my friendship, like my sleep, like, and it's like, man, I can literally be better in so many ways. It's crazy. And if you just start working on all those little things, you become this like fucking superhuman. They have this thing where, like, as you knock out these points, like, you, you're, you're, like, there's, like, this blue character, and he grows. And it's, like, supercharged, and it's dope. It's, like, fucking becoming that thing. Optimus Prime. I think it's one of those you have to be there type things. So you you have definitely got to be there. <laughs> you definitely got to be there. But, but yeah, I think, I think that's, I mean, that, that whole idea, like, if, if really, somebody's not really doing what you need them to do, you have to have a deep conversation with them. And have a deep conversation with yourself about your systems. Mm-hmm. 100%. All right. We'll uh, move on to the second one. Do you ever get someone to come? Oh, sorry. This is from Andrew Mohagan. Mo- Mohagan. I think that N is silent. But anyway, do you ever get uh, Do you ever get someone to, to come to you re- reluctantly? They have been told they need your help, and they are reluctant or skeptical about what you can do for them. If so, how do you handle these people? Silent N. Well, it's Monaghan, M-O-N-A-G-H-A-N. I think it's Monaghan. Monaghan? Monaghan. Stump me again. Yeah, like I don't get this a ton because usually when people apply for coaching, they want to coach. Yeah, they want to tell you. But there there were times when I was an in-person trainer that that would happen because somebody would come in and they're like, hey, like – my doctor basically told me that my cholesterol is too high, my blood pressure is too high, I have diabetes, pre-diabetic, whatever it is. I need to be here because, it, I mean, they're forcing me basically, right? Like it's like I don't really I, – I don't like training. I don't want to do this, but I got to be here. I think first is defining like why are they there because a lot of times like – so I, I love science. I love bodybuilding. I love uh, high-performance athletes. I love stuff like that. If somebody comes to me and they're like, hey, I'm pre-diabetic. My doctor's making me come. I don't like any of this shit, but I got to do it. I'm not going to give them a super complex program. I'm going to say, hey, like we're going to make this so fucking simple that you literally can't mess it up. And we're just going to focus on doing it for a long period of time. There you go. Keep it super simple because you don't need it to be creative. You don't need it to be, have like an advanced style of periodization. You don't even need to worry about progressive overload. Are they burning calories and eating real food? You're good. 
most of the time, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like then you're good. And I think that's like where you have to look at what you're doing and, and where usually trainers and nutrition coaches brains first go to complexity. And I think you need to focus on simplicity uh, or like we have then that post consistency over Trump's yep. compl uh, complexity. And that's exactly the point. It's like, w what do you need to do to make it consistent? You make it simple because com complex shit is hard to do consistency consistently. Um, it's a tongue twister. Yep. But I think that's the biggest thing is, is just, is it's really that. And, and the other thing I would say is it goes back to the education side of the art of coaching where it's like, okay, their doctor is telling them to do something or their wife is like, you, you need to get healthy. Like I'm going to hire your trainer or whatever it may be. They don't want to be there. You have to educate them on why they need to be there. So you need to do one of two things. A, make them understand the severity, which is easier sometimes from you than it is from their significant other, yeah. for example. Um, my wife tells me something goes in one ear, out the other. Somebody else tells me the same thing. I'm like, that's a great fucking idea. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, I just said that. Um, and that's just natural. I mean, everybody yeah. does that, you know? So I think that's one thing is like, how can you help them understand the severity of what they're going through or, or where they're at? Um, maybe explain that, that whole quote unquote impossible game. Like what's their potential? Like, Hey, like I want you to like literally imagine what it would be like if you did lose 30 pounds and get rid of that beer gut and you, you started seeing abs like you did in college and you bring up history and experiences. Now all of a sudden they're, they're imagining yep. if you can paint visual pictures, people will buy in so much better. Um, and then that way it's not like I'm here because I need to make my wife happy or I need to not be like get diabetes eventually cause I'm pre-diabetic or I need to get my blood pressure down. It's like, I'm here because I'm going to become an athlete again, right? Like I'm going to look like I did in college. I'm gonna have that confidence again associated with something that actually fucking matters to mm -hmm. them because obviously the health thing doesn't matter to them. Um, yeah, and I think, like, this is kind of a weird analogy, but, like, if we look at, like, chewing tobacco or smoking cigarettes, if you tell people, like, hey, that's bad for your gums, they're probably not going to quit. Yeah. They're like, duh, I know that. Yeah. But if their significant other's like, I'm not going to kiss you until you stop chewing, they'll stop chewing, I guarantee, because that matters to them, right? Like, the health thing, it's like, yeah, that sucks, but whatever, which is crazy. Cause like your jaw's going to fall off, but okay. Good. <laughs> and, and grant, like I used to chew like, so this, I, I get it. Um, but I had a girlfriend that told me like, yo, I'm not yep. going to kiss you until you stop. And I was like, all right, I'm done like that. Yeah. Um, I lost my job. Fuck. CJ throws a dip in while we're training. Oh yeah. Dude. I, I literally, sometimes I look at him. I'm like, bro, how do you do that? I would throw up all over the barbell Yeah. and he guts it. He doesn't spit. Oh, I'm just like, bro, that's so bad. Ugh. Yeah, he's a he's a man. <laughs> I couldn't do that. But uh so I think educating them on that stuff, I think kind of tying in past experiences, things that like they actually want to see, so giving them a different reason to achieve the goal instead of the one that they're there for, which is already creating that sense of being reluctant. Um and I think like trying to make it fun or interesting is yeah. probably the best make way to go. Make them comfortable too. Yeah, make them comfortable, make it fun, make it interesting, make it exciting like it shouldn't be like boring and yeah. complex and over their head because that's not what they're into. Some clients, they love science and make it super complex because they actually do better yeah. <laughs> because they get excited about it. Get, they're interested in that. Yeah. So I think, I think that's really, that's really what it comes down to. Um, yeah. I don't think I can add anything to that. Oh, I'm sure you could. I feel I like I had another point. Good. I feel like I had another point, but I can't think of it now. All right. So yeah, uh, we're going to, the next question. This is from Rachel G. 
You know, I really, really appreciate Rachel. <laughs> Love these simple names. Yeah. Last name is G. Thank you. Is it actually like – I mean – Is it just the letter just, G? Oh, okay. Yeah. I just copied their name from their email. I like your email. I thought you meant it was like G-E-E or something. What is your process through convincing someone, specifically a woman, they need to go through a reverse diet before cutting? Education, empathy, connection, communication. (laughs) Literally, like it's perfect for those. First, connect to the individual. But expand on those. (laughs) But expand on all those with depth. Connect with the individual to a point where they trust you. They un- like you have a good relationship. You guys can talk. You can be authentic. You can be real. So they know that. Be empathetic inside of that connection and c- communication, which should be frequent. So you've been there. You have clients have been there. You know what they're going through. You totally understand. Um, uh, me and Caroline were we're talking about this uh, when we were taking Brandon through the internship process. We call it a shit sandwich. And uh, the shit is in the middle of the sandwich, literally. So the, the buns are basically like compliments. So praise you, compliment you, like give you good feedback. What's the shit that you need to fix? Give them the compliment again. Finish and end with a compliment. Put the shit in the middle. Because the shit has to be that. There, like, there's always something to work on. There's always something to work on. You can't get away from it. So I think like taking that approach is going to be really helpful too. And that goes back to being empathetic, communicating properly, connecting with the individual, and then educating them. Like I've never had – I mean don't get me wrong. I get people that fight back on it all the time. Um, and just, I get – You just hit them with the science? Over and over again. Yeah. Because I, I get people that will repeatedly fight me on it. Like it's like, hey, like I know you already explained this to me, but tell me again. Why are we doing this? Why can't we just start a cut now? Why? And it's just like, okay, like blah, 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 blah. And just, I just yeah. go in depth with it. Like and and I never make them feel stupid for that. Like I never make them feel like they shouldn't be asking me that. Cause I'm like, look, I get it. Like I've yeah, been there and it's true. empathy and it's like, it's not easy. And sometimes it doesn't make sense, but, but let me try to help you understand it. And then I articulate it in a different way. Yeah. I will have that conversation every fucking week for 16 weeks if I need to. There's, it's different to continuously and continuously and continuously to be curious yeah. And to want to understand it because I continuously don't understand it then to continuously, continuously, continuously argue. Yeah. Like say, no, you're wrong. This is what the, maybe I'm completely misinterpreting, but that's where you say to them, why are you paying me? Yeah. hundred you know, percent. So I think being but, curious and not, and then thinking you're wrong. Is I think there, there are times where people argue with you on it, especially yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. But if you use science, they can never say you're wrong. Because it's so well, we can. I but mean, you, but it has no validity to correct. it. So like, a lot, it, it's that's very why, rare. That's to why I mean, when, and maybe it doesn't happen very often. But I'm saying when it ha- when that happens continuously, yeah. you're like, well, why are you paying me? Yeah, why exactly. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, if you don't believe it, if you don't think it's right, like, why are you, why are you working? With me? Yeah. Who, yeah. Who's gonna tell you? Different. No, nobody. Uh, unless you go to find a shitty coach that just won't take your money. That's what. I, yeah. Um, which is is becoming less and less common because. I mean, with social media and, and, and the internet, people can just put people on blast now. So yeah. it's like you can't do that shit to people. Um, but but yeah, I think that – I mean it comes down to like being ready to talk them off the ledge and, and educate them on a weekly basis if you need to and never making them feel belittled because of it. Yeah. Like letting them know you understand what they're going through is not easy, but they're doing the right thing and here's why. Like this is where it's going to get us. And I, And I think one of the biggest things is not just explaining like – Oh, if you diet too long, your hormones will, you know, downregulate. Like, 
explain to them like how if they reverse, if they get their calories up, if they maintain for a while, how much easier the next cut will be. So one of the things I try to explain to people a lot is like not only like, okay, here's the science behind your metabolism, but here's my experience. And my experience is that like, yeah, we could put you in a deficit right now, but it's going to be more miserable because we're going to have to go lower in calories and it's far less likely to actually work. Mm-hmm. Like we're probably going to put you in a deficit and nothing's going to happen because mm-hmm. your body's so stressed out. Or we can reverse you, maintain for a while. Yeah, you're going to have to wait longer. But when we come back to the diet and we put you in deficit, when you're in that better place, after we've kind of primed your body, quote unquote, you are going to respond so much better to the diet. It's going to be a much easier time. Yeah. We're going to have to spend less time, less energy, uh, we'll probably have to pull less calories, and it's going to work much better. Yeah. I love that. Like back to like the first question or when we were talking about the art, art of uh, programming and stuff, like how you do with your own style and stuff. But like you have this – this blueprint or this this image of data from this in individual client, and you say this is what uh, when you're explaining to them, you're not, you're explaining the science with their data. Yeah, you know, saying this is what we're gonna have to do. This is why it's gonna affect your metabolism because this is w- your data, and you know, tell them why it's gonna happen to them. Yeah, I, I had not a I have a client that we're putting through a cut right now, and it was the same thing. She's like, getting ready in a couple weeks to start this cut, like. What's your plan? And I'm like, well, based on what we've seen over the course of six months, here's what I'm thinking. Here's how I notice your body responds. Here's probably how big of a cut we need to take. Here's how many days I think we need before we take a diet break. Like, If we do this, this is it, probably going to happen. Exactly. If this changes, then we'll switch. To this. Like, and it's just like boom, 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 black and white, like yeah. written out because they understand there's everything subject to change, but that creates clarity and an easier vision to follow. Absolutely. So. Love it, man. Tailored. That's just what came to my mind after talking about that. Oh, yeah. I thought that was like the person's name. I was like, what? Completely tailored. That's right. All right. We got a – I love the word tailored. Yeah. I literally – Shannon – me and Shannon were talking. I was like – so (laughs) Andreas won't hear this before I see him because I'm going to see him this weekend. Um, He's helping me do some like backsplash in our kitchen. But uh, we got him a a bottle of like really nice whiskey. And I was like, oh, we should have got – some of those whiskey glasses that you got me that have McBroom on it, we put Latribue, and she's like, "That's just too much Latribue stuff." Like he doesn't want that much stuff. I was like, "No, you could doesn't. literally put tailored on everything, and I would wear it." Yeah, I will wear it. Yeah. <laughs> Shannon, I would. I will. Shannon got me a sick fucking dad hat with tailored coaching method on the on the front, and it came, and she was all excited, <laughs> and they literally messed up the logo to where it literally just says in small print coaching method. The, the tailored is gone and she's like it's like half like the biggest portion of the logo is just removed so there's they sent us a new one but like she was like oh, make sure she, she was like i'm only call. giving this to you because i want you to make sure it fits before i have them actually send another one and it fits great but i was like that's funny i feel bad for her, man that happened to her she sent her uh best friend a 30 30th birthday gift in the mail she lives in austin texas yeah. uh fedex lost the package um we ordered blakely a big like playground thing for our backyard from costco and it got like something happened to the shipment and they had to like put it on delay because it had to go back to the factory they had to redo it so basically by the time we get it quarantine's gonna be over um you still haven't got it still haven't got it i thought no. they canceled it yeah oh. uh, and then uh we ordered blakely like new little like swimsuits cause it's been so hot we've gone to the backyard with her all those got on back order so those are like still not here and we ordered them three weeks ago yeah Everything Shannon clicks purchase on, <laughs> it's like, no, nah, you're not gonna get it for a while. <laughs> Feel so bad for it. Damn. But I mean, it's 
kind of a bad time to be ordering things also. But Everybody's ordering it, shit. Yeah. It's like the most likely time for things to get messed up in Absolutely. transit. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see here. We got a one, two. Two questions? Dude, it looks like four. It's She numbered two, but there's four paragraphs. All right. We'll just – here we go. Did I miss putting the name? I don't know. We're good. Uh, Moe four. Oh, this is a dude. Sour. Moe or? Moe. Moe. Moe's a guy from Australia. Nice. All right. So we're going to just go with the first part. I would love to learn what would be your take on hiring someone as a coach. Clearly, you have done this numerous times now, but when you first starting out, what made you hire someone and how did you do it? Good question. So speaking of which, I'm, I'm just going to shout this out on the podcast. Because uh, I've had a couple interviews at this point, and because I have a couple interviews today, uh, and by the time this podcast comes out, I may or may not have chosen them. We are looking for to bring somebody on. Um, so if you're listening to this, and I'm going to be very, very specific with this. So this is a good example, Moe, of like how I go about it. Um, usually we don't even do it like this. Usually we, we look internally, we look through our clients, we look through like people we have association with, which we're already doing. Um, I'm in touch with some of the people, uh, who organize and run the education departments at Precision Nutrition, as well as Dr. Bill Campbell. Um, I reached out to Dr. Jose Antonio, um, Brandon Roberts, RCSO. Uh, he's getting me in touch with people. So I'm already kind of like using my connections to get the best of the best. Um, on the phone, but there's always, uh, I mean, I wasn't one of those people that knew research and stuff. So I always put this out there. Uh, but Prove we, yourself. we are looking for somebody, uh, requirements are, are very simple. You need to already have experienced nutrition coaching. You need to already be certified in nutrition coaching. You need to be ready to get further certification and education in training and nutrition coaching, because we're constantly pursuing education with all of our coaches. Um, and you need to be ready to like work full time. Like it's, it's, our coaches are coaches, 100% full-time. Like, that's all That's all we do. Um, and we are looking for an intern right now. So this is means that you will work for three months unpaid, learning from us, shadowing us, working with us. Um, but this is not something um, – and we have another question that pertains to this a little bit on, on this podcast that's coming up. But this is not a spend three months with us and learn from us thing. This is like – spend three months to us with us to learn and become a coach with tailored coaching method. Um, and I want to make that clear because there's a lot of companies that do internships that are strictly for like, they're usually at gyms, but it's essentially like, Hey, you come on board, you do some like random stuff, right? Like I remember when we at the gym, we, you know, taking out the trash, cleaning the, the bathroom, you're cleaning the gym, you're wiping things down. Um, you're, you're tidying up this and that you're running the charity like event collecting dollars at the beginning. But because of that, we're going to, let you shadow. We're going to teach you. You're going to train with us. And it's kind of like a, a like a barter. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and that's a great way to learn. But for us, we're, we're specifically looking for to bring somebody on as an intern who will later become a coach. Um, and we're pretty specific w about who we hire. It's, it's like, I mean, we have to live up to our name and our reputation. <laughs> it's extremely don't, uh, peculiar. Don't that. Um, so if you have that experience, those credentials, and you are ready to, uh, and you, and you match our philosophy. Like you, you are tailored coaching. Um, literally shoot me an email, Cody at tailored coaching method.com. Send me your resume. Um, and I will be happy to, to check it out and follow up with everybody who does respond. And, and I'll be picking a couple people to get on the phone with. But, um, that being said, that's kind of how I go about it now. 
Um, but at first, I, I always looked internally. So the best way to find a coach, in my opinion, is to first look at your clients. Um, usually you have a client who either A, started out like, this stuff is cool, and now they're like overly passionate and obsessed with it. I have a couple clients that of mine who are, are not trainers, but I have a feeling that they're somebody that I could see like having a career change because they're so into this shit now. Yeah. Um, those are great people to be like, Hey, like, let me start teaching you stuff and giving you education and buying you books and stuff and build you up into this coach. If you have that time, um, if and you desire, yeah, and desire. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and that's something it's like, Hey, like I don't need to bring coach on board realistically for another six months. So I'm going to take this person on now and coach them and teach them and mentor them. Um, for people who are like, I don't have six months to wait. Like I'm busy. I'm burnt out. I need coaches on my team and to grow. Um, I think it's, I believe that you've already waited too long. You should always have some kind of internship or training process um, because by the time a coach works with a client on our team, everything's flawless. They already understand the systems. They have tons of experience. They've already worked with um, us and beta clients and fake case study clients. Like they've done so much work that it's a seamless and people don't even know like, oh, there's a new coach. Like they have no idea because they're well-equipped and well-experienced. Um, and obviously, again, like we're all overseeing each other constantly too. So we work as a unit. But I think like you have to be ready to give somebody that kind of mentoring to get them on page and be uh, like parallel with your brand and yep. your philosophy and your methods. Um, but I would look internally, man. Like look look at your clients. Look for the people that are passionate. If you train any coaches or, or trainers or anything like that um, or if you have clients who know people or you have associations with people. Like if you're good friends with other coaches in the industry – Ask them. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I've done that plenty of times where I'm like, hey, like, do you have anybody that has tried to join your team that you couldn't bring on because you weren't ready to bring on a person? Or do you know anybody that went through, like, I know people that run mentorships and stuff like that. Hey, do you have anybody on your mentorship roster that would be good for this fit? And I pull together all these names and then I go from there. Um, and I want to say Courtney, who was the first coach that worked for us, no longer with us, but we're still in touch. Um, and she helps me now and then. I, I want to say she was a client too. And I think, I think she got introduced to me um, and basically said, like, I want to, like, join a team, so I'm going to hire you kind of thing. So I did her stuff. It went really well. And then we had a conversation. Then I started training her to become a coach, and then she became a coach. Um, Caroline, same thing. Uh, Lisa was a client of Courtney's um, way back. And she uh, was also a nutrition coach while working with the police department in New Zealand. Um and the people she coached with, I knew really well, and they were kind of closing up shop. They were moving on and doing something different with their business, and they weren't going to be doing nutrition coaching anymore. So they reached out to me and were like, hey, we have this girl on our team. She's um, amazing, but we're not doing this anymore, and I thought she'd be good for a free team if you're looking. I was like, oh, I'll get on the phone with her. And I was like, oh, Lisa, you used to work with Courtney. Unbelievable coach. Yeah. So thankful we got that connection because now she's on the team and she's fucking crushes it. Um. Haley was a client of mine for a long time, at least six months, but a good amount of time before um, we started chatting about uh, coming on board as a coach. Um, Brandon has been a client of mine for two years, and I've watched him go through my mentorship, uh, Travis Zipper's mentorship, many certifications. He's been at my seminars. Like, I mean, I announced him working with us at yeah. one of the seminars. Compete. Um, Competing. Yeah, so, so I've seen him over the years. Uh, Adam was a client of mine for over a year. So 
basically everybody has been kind yeah. of internal. The only person that hasn't been internal completely was Caroline. Um, but she came to me and was like, what do I have to do to like work with you? Like be on your yeah. team. And I was like, Oh, like you can become a mentor client, you know, like, let me just teach you like my philosophies. And if by the end of it, it's a good fit, then you can come on board. So she hired me as a mentor. Great, great decision. Yeah. <laughs> um, another one that was awesome. a, an amazing coach. What? Um, I might have missed this. I'm sorry. But was uh, Brandon Roberts completely internal? No. Brandon Roberts. Uh, so I had reached out to a handful of people I knew in the industry um, to connect me with a researcher because I wanted a CSO on the team. And I ended up asking uh, Eric Trexler. Okay. It was literally on one of, like, my update forms for my, like, training and nutrition to him. I was like, hey, like, random question. Do you have anybody that comes to mind when you think of, like, a CSO for my team? And he was like, yeah, you should hit up Brandon Roberts. I don't think he does that for anybody yet, and he's unbelievable. And I was like, okay, I'll look into it. And then I, like, looked him up, and I was like, oh, I've heard this guy on multiple podcasts. Um, and then we connected the dots. And at first, Brandon was like, yeah, like, I like the idea of it, man. Like, that's something I definitely want to do. I want to go into the coaching coaches route and educating coaches. Um, let me uh, sleep on it. Let me do my homework on you and blah, blah, blah. And then, like, two days later, he hit me up. He's like, I'm 100% down because, like, he hadn't heard of me before. And then really? – which doesn't surprise me. I mean, he's in – Sign. He's yeah. in the lab. You know yeah. what I mean. Um, and and I think honestly, like our brand is is still relatively new. I think people are like, man, you've been doing this forever. It's like we're young. Yeah. Like we've. I mean, we tailored coaching is less than a year. Yeah. Boom Boom Performance is like realistically like live and running hard for like three and a half, four yeah. years maybe. Yeah. Um. So like it's still pretty young. So I think we're just starting to like kind of like be the tip of the iceberg, like poking out of the water. You know. Yeah. If that. Starting to show our exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think about that also, just a side comment. Um, everybody that is extremely successful, you always, unless you like win the lotto or some shit like that, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, everybody that's extremely successful, whether it's business, they're always saying, I've been doing this for 10 plus years. Yep. I've, been do I've been doing this for 15, 20 years. Yep. It's a, a white belt mentality. Yeah. Like, you're never a black belt. You're always learning, yeah. you're always growing. Touche. White belt mentality. Um, I can't remember who I heard say that, and I loved it. But, but yeah, I think that's – and so, like, he looked us up and was like, I like what I see. Like, I'm down. Let's do it. Um, and now he's obviously full-time with us. Uh, so, uh, really, really cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think the best way, like, for, for at the beginning, like, look internally because the people internally are going to be the people who already trust and believe in your system. They already mesh well with you. If you have a client that's been coaching with you for a year, obviously you guys get along really well. Yeah. And they believe in you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're willing to invest in your company. Um. That was like one of the, at first, like you had to pay to do an internship with me. It was like, you're going to pay for my time and I'm going to educate the hell out of you. And we're going to talk every week. You can text me anytime. I'm going to give you tons of books to read and we're going to study. Um, but you're going to invest in this because I really, it wasn't like, I want to make money. It was like, I want to make sure that you're willing to invest in this company. Like you're going to get all that back and then some, Yeah. I just want to make sure that you're, if you're not willing to invest out the gates, then it doesn't mean that much to you. Yep. And for people listening, we've turned down. Lots of people, not only from like, I've turned on a lot of resumes and I don't say that to like impress anybody, but to impress upon people like we're really serious and I'm always nice to them. I'm like, Hey, it's just, I don't know if it's the best fit or like, it's not the right time. Um, we're very specific with who we want on our team. And, uh, we've also taken people through the internship and not brought them on. And that's why we keep the, the internship very closed doors because I don't want to like announce that we have an intern and it's then close. they're like, Oh, what happened to so-and-so? It's like, yeah. Oh, they weren't a good fit. Yeah. So that's respectful uh, for the intern too. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that being said, I mean, I think that's, 
that's where I would look internal, Moe. I, I have a, one more question. Um, when you were talking about you really, really should have some type of internship program or something, you mentioned that um, there's re- some people have reasons to not bring somebody on your team because they're like, I need it now. I don't have I don't have time for a mm-hmm. six month internship or something. My question is there a, why, what are those reasons on why they they would say, oh, I don't have time. I need it now. But b, going on that first question, why would they not have that time when, however long they've been doing this, they've had that time. Yeah. You know what's what's making the difference? Procrastination. Like, it's it's really that's but all. Why, it, yeah. why would they why would they need it now? Why like what is it that you have to do? In my opinion, they're bringing somebody else on the team to grow. Yeah. So why not be stagnant for six more months to nurture, make it right, uh, nurture and yeah. make sure something's right. I agree. I think it's that's it's just a hard decision for people to make. It's like okay, do I slow down my growth so I can train this person? Yes. The answer is yes, because long term, your growth will be much more powerful. Yes. The quality will be higher. But I think for a lot of people, that's hard. It's like I could keep making more money and doing more things and building my reach. It's like, no, start a wait list. Like that's a powerful thing in itself. Train the person. So many more headaches just jumping into it. 100%. Irrational. I mean, I, I got to a point where like when I hired Courtney, I was like, oh, like I needed you because I was like, I'm burnt out. Yeah. Like I, I, I took on too much. Um, and the clients didn't suffer my personal life suffered. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, I don't have time to do this work. It's like, I don't have time to be a person. Yeah. So I'm just working all the yeah. time. Um, and I think that's, I mean, to be, to be honest, I think that's also uh, a lesson most entrepreneurs need to face at some point because I think you need to understand what real grit and grind is to really, I mean, just have hard work ethic. I mean, yeah. just like, just to be able to go and get it and build. Um, I think it just puts so much heart into what you do. Uh, but I know Moe had a second question as well, and we have like one more after that, I think. Uh, as a, so, second question is, as a coach, how do you deal with losing a client? I'll be extremely honest here. A client of mine left yesterday. In a way, I, w- I wasn't upset as her response was that she feels like it was simply time for her to move on and train on her own. She was extremely thankful for my support over the year and now has ga- and has now gained an astonishing amount of confidence to train on her own. As a coach, I feel like I have done my job. I have given her tools to train and to be automized. But would no? The question is: Would you say this is the goal of being a good coach? <laughs> no, uh, no. Don't answer. <laughs> um, I think so. Yes. Um, I mean, and I think this was something I had to learn too, because as you grow as a company, you see more people leaving. Yeah. But it's also because there's more people there, like. And, and I think that was hard for me at first because, you know, at first you lose, like, I lose a, a client or two in a month and I'm, like, panicking. I'm, like, mm-hmm. fuck, what did I do wrong? First of all, it's, it has nothing to do with you. Second of all, if they get to a point where they're, like, I can li- I think I can sustain this by myself, then you literally did your job mm-hmm. to its best possible ability and that person will refer you for the rest of life. So wipe your hands, be thankful, give them an extra strategy, and move on. Like, so it's, it's honestly, like, the, it's one of those things. It's, a, it's, a, it's bittersweet mm-hmm. because – that's what we're trying to create. We're trying to create that autonomy in people, but it's it's bittersweet because then they're no longer with us. Um, and as we grew as a company, we started seeing more and more people leaving every month, and it was like, fuck, are we doing something wrong? And it's like, oh, wait, no. We have more and more and more people we are working with, and every single month, we're sending a 
I'm not going to tell people what's inside, but we send a, a, a gift box to our one year clients. Like when you hit a year, we send something for their six months. Like every month, Tori's like, all right, here's the box I'm sending out. Here's the shirts I'm sending out. Here's this. And I'm just like, fuck, that's crazy. Yeah. People are ticking the box of like six months, year, 12 months. Like that's crazy. Um, so of course people, you know, they're eight months in, they're like, Hey, I got my result. I reverse dieted out of it. I'm maintaining. I feel amazing. I think I'm going to go try this on my own. Yeah. I'm like, fuck yeah, go do it. Yeah. That's exactly why you paid me. Without any hesitancy. Not at all. That's awesome. The only time I have hesitancy is when I'm like, you're not ready. Yeah. Because we're not done you, yet. You, you know, as the coach. hundred yeah. percent. And I'll be honest with them. I'm like, Hey, like, and those are the people I'll fight for. I'm like, Hey, um, what else is causing you to want to stop? Because usually there's another level of doubt or insecurity or there's something in their life that's pulling them away from it. And I have to dig into that of like what's actually going on that's causing you to want to make this decision besides just being able to do it on your own because yeah. I don't think that's it. And I'll just have that real conversation with them. But yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think that's the goal at the end of the day. Yep. All right, last one is, uh, do you have any advice on how to get started as a coach? Reading and studying without actual experience isn't getting going to get me very far i'd be more than happy to train clients for free for a while but i don't think doing it on my own is the smartest idea i prefer to work with a team that i can learn the ropes from and share my experiences with so i think this is where you should probably hire a mentor um, or find a company who runs internship programs that don't require you to become a coach eventually um, and if you do become a coach at the end of it, fucking great. Yeah, if it works um, out. like this wouldn't be a good fit for what we're doing right now. Um, unfortunately, and, and she's actually one of our clients. Uh, she works with Caroline, I believe. I thought you said Moe was a client. Uh, dude. Moe is a dude. This is from, uh, Juhi. Did I not put her name? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. No, that's that question right there. Yeah. That was the last one we did. Oh, look at the bottom one. I, I pasted it twice. Oh. Same question. Oh. So this one's from Johi, but oh. Johi's a client of Caroline's. Um, and you, you might want to find a company that is doing an internship without like you have to become a coach afterwards. Like there's a lot of companies that literally just do routine. Like every quarter they bring on three interns. They take them through an education program. Sometimes you have to pay for it and help, you're done. Um, I mean, if you want, like I, I know multiple people who do mentorship programs and this is something like we're in the works of creating for coaches as well. That'll be very limited where we take on like 10 people. We take them through like a literal course of education with myself, Caroline, and Dr. Brandon Roberts. Um, so like things like that are in the future. That's what you want to look for. And then what I would do is, is two things. One, start doing like a certification and then tell people, Hey, I'm doing this certification. I need a guinea pig. I need somebody to test these strategies and methods on. And I'm going to literally drop my price of coaching by 95%, which means that I'm literally going to charge you 20 bucks a month. And people are going to be like, holy shit, that's cheap. And it's like, I'm not doing it for money. I'm doing it because studies show you are more likely to actually do the work if you pay something. Even if they pay a dollar, they're more likely to do it than if they didn't. Subconsciously, your mind is more accountable to it. Yeah. Um, as crazy as that sounds, but, uh, so I would do that because I think that's a, that's a really good way to go about it. And that's why like NCI is cool. You, you have to get Guinea pigs in order to pass NCI's certification course. So with them, it's easy. Cause you're like, Hey, like I literally can't pass this unless I find Guinea pigs. Are you interested? And usually people can find a handful of people. Yeah. So go ask for Guinea pigs. Um, if you have friends or family, you can do that. I always try to find friends or family who know people because when you don't know the person, it's easier to coach them because yeah. if it's your, it's your homeboy or it's your yeah. girlfriend, like it's tough. Yep. 
Um, so I would probably try to find somebody else uh, and, and find some guinea pigs or find some kind of internship program that allows you to test on people. I mean, I found plenty of people to train for free. Um, I, t- I talked about on the podcast the other day, like I used to uh, write, have them write a check. It was like eight week transformation, quote unquote, write a check for $400, sign it, don't date it. If you do everything that's required in the eight weeks, you stay accountable. We get you to like, you don't have to get to your dead set goal, but we make progress because you're doing the work and we're staying in touch. You go through progress. I'll rip the check up. If you ghost me, I'm going to date it and cash out period. That's a crazy amount of accountability. Yeah. Um, and that works really well. So I, w- I would do that, you know, find some people like that. And uh, if you can find an internship program that, that is as that way that I explained, I think that's probably the best route to go. Yeah. Because that gives you more hands-on experience shadowing people. For sure. Depends on how much that $400 is worth to them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can you can scale that depending on the Definitely. person, you know. Uh, I know, like, I was talking to Jordan Duggar about this the other day. He has uh, – I don't know if it's one of his business coaches – or somebody he read about, but basically like, so for you, if I, if I wanted to hold you accountable to something, I would say, okay, like what are two things you like hate with a passion? We're going to write a check for those organizations. So like for this guy, it was like, he's like very much so about equal rights. So he like literally wrote checks out to like, uh, I think it was, it was, he said like, I think the theory was KKK and something else like very bad. Like, and it was basically like, if you don't do the work, these checks are going to these organizations. And it's like something that like, cause this guy was like, basically like, I don't, I don't care about money. Like I have plenty. It's yeah. not going to like hold yeah. me accountable, whatever. I'll, I'll, cause he's already wasted money. It's like, okay, well let, let's tie that money to something that you really don't want to go yeah. to. Yeah. Um, and there's ways that you could spin that. So you're not like, wow. you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, just a little bit of extra drive, a little bit of extra. Drive. No, that's it. And then there's, there's a lot of ways to find free people to work with. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering, and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.